Amen. Amen. So this lie that the devil's been telling you, Chris, and been telling me, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. We got all the time in the world. That's a lie. Nobody knows how much time we got. But I, I, I wrote this message today. What would you do if you only had 24 hours to live? Think about it for a second, and I'm going to read some of these. What would you do? Did y'all sign y'all's name to it? Probably not. What would you do if you had 24 hours to live? Well, Rachel signed her name to it. I'd ask for forgiveness. I'd praise God. And I would pray for my children. Think about it for a minute. If you had 24 hours to live, here's what somebody else wrote. Make sure my kids and my husband knew how much I loved them and how much of a blessing they are for me to be a part of their life. That I'm absolutely right with God. I'd tell everybody that I was right with God. If it was your last day on earth, somebody folded theirs. They may not want me to know. Let me see. I'd give everything I had. I'd tell my family that I love them. I'd make sure I was right with God if I knew I had 24 hours to live. Some of y'all write like Pastor Mark. If I had 24 hours to live, I'd stop drinking. I'd try to be a better husband to my wife. I'd call all my family and friends that I could, and I'd tell them that I loved them. I told you to be real. I would ask for forgiveness. I would pray to God. I'd pray for my family. I would get right with the Lord, spend the last few hours with my family, make everything right with everyone. That's not like some of the answers I got at the pizzas on the go. Make sure my special needs adult child was in a safe place to live with a loving family. Somebody didn't write nothing. I told my grandkids about Jesus. And I told them I was ready to go be with Jesus. I get closer with God, I'd spread the word, I'd pray for more of the lost people around. I'd gather my children and my family and my friends, and I would witness to them. Make sure that they knew who God is. I'd get me a new cell phone. No, I didn't say that, but I thought about it first one. I'd call my family, tell them I loved them. I'd hold my wife as tight as I could. I'd tell everybody don't cry for me because I know where I'm going. Sad thing is, brothers and sisters, we don't know if we got 24 hours, 24 seconds. All this stuff that we wrote and put in this bucket, we need to be doing now. We need to be doing now. Somebody ought to hear me tonight, amen? Think about it for a second. 
You're going to die in 24 hours from now. The clock is ticking. Many people don't get 24 hours. They don't get 24 hours. This past Mother's Day, I remember this past Mother's Day, all this, all five people from one family were killed in a car accident. The mother and her four children were killed all in a car accident. I saw a little video, a little sermon illustration, and it was from the dad. He said, I wish I would have told them all goodbye, but we got in a fight that morning. I wish I would have told them all that I loved them, but we got in a fight that morning. It was silly. It was over not cleaning the bathroom. Fighting over not cleaning the bathroom. With tears in his eyes, he said, man, I wish I could roll that clock back. We never get to roll that clock back. Never, ever. I tell people all the time, I wish I could go back, Brother Vic, to 16 years old. But I'd have to know what I know now. But I'll never get to go back. I can only go forward. The fact is, the people in that car too, the mama and the kids, they had no idea, Brother Carl, that was their last day on earth. You got no idea, Miss Regina, when your last day on earth is. We are fortunate to have this opportunity to consider where our souls are headed. They didn't have 24 hours to think about it in that car, whether they were going to make a choice to go to heaven or hell, Mary Wise. They didn't get the opportunity that we have tonight to make a choice whether we want to spend eternity in hell or we want to spend eternity in heaven. We get the opportunity because of God's grace tonight to make that choice. Do we want to spend eternity in heaven or do we want to spend eternity in hell? God is so good to us that he gives us this last night to make our mind up. Do we want to spend eternity in heaven or hell? Some people would be so overwhelmed with fear. If I told you, Fred, you had 24 hours to live, you'd be so overwhelmed with fear. Some people in the church, some of those that look good, carry the big Bible, know all the scriptures, they'd be trembling. They'd be afraid. The Bible says you got nothing to fear. I'm not afraid to die. I know where I'm going. I got peace about my death. That's why I can walk up in anything, do anything God wants me to do, go and say whatever he wants me to say, because I'm not scared of people. I'm scared of not doing what God told me to do. That's what I'm scared of. But I'm also not scared of where I'm going to go because I know I'm going to stand before him, and I know he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I know that I know that I know that I know. But I tell you, some of you look nervous tonight. And if this is the real deal, if God gave me this message and you believe that I'm God's man and God gave me this message, this could be your last 24 hours and he wanted me to tell you that. So don't have to fear if you trust. But if you don't trust, you got plenty to fear. If you don't believe, you got an eternity to see. To see that hell is real. God's grace is so good. He loves us so much. Those people in that car, they didn't have 24 hours to think about it or make a choice of heaven or hell. We're fortunate tonight to have this opportunity to consider, Mary, where we're going to be headed, you and me. How many phone calls have you been meaning to make and make things right? How many phone calls have you been meaning 
to make things right. How many, how many times have you put off calling your brother, calling your sister, calling your son, calling your daughter, calling that old friend that you and him had crosswords? What phone calls are you meaning to make? Or maybe you haven't spoken to a family member for years. Maybe you haven't talked to your mom, your dad, your kids. We're fortunate. Some would be overwhelmed with fear, guilt, and shame. There'd be a lot of what-ifs. There'd be a lot of regrets weighing you down, all because you're afraid, all because you're stubborn. What would you do if you only knew you had 24 hours to live? One thing I know is this, brothers and sisters, that my Bible is correct. And it's the true word of the living God. And open your Bibles to 2 Kings. 2 Kings 20, verse 1. Got my Bible? Brother Mark, I'm a little nervous tonight. I pray by the end of this message you're not. I pray that you're sure. 2 Kings, it's right after 1 Kings. What's the first thing I said tonight? Get your affairs in order. Get your affairs in order. I'm not talking about a will. I'm talking about getting your life in order with God. You're going to see and you're going to hear me read about a man. And I'm going to mess his name up ten times. Somebody tell me what his name is. Hezekiah. I got it. I just want to see if y'all knew it. About the time, verse 1. Now listen, this is awesome. This is God's grace. About the time that Hezekiah became deathly ill and the prophet Isaiah's son of Emmaus went to visit him, he gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned, now watch, now this is, this is God's man, but he's now, listen, watch what he does. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always tried to be faithful to you and do what is pleasing in your sight. Then he broke down. How many of the doctor told you that you had 24 hours to live would turn your face to the cross, to the wall, and just start crying out to God and say, God, remember how faithful I was when those people were belittling me. Remember whenever they were putting me up on the cross with you, Lord, week after week and Sunday after Sunday, they were chastising me and getting their little hate groups and hating on me, Lord. Remember how faithful I was when I wanted to quit God but I didn't quit God remember me and tears would be running down our eyes God remember that time I went to church when I had no money to go I went anyway I didn't even know if I was going to be able to make it home but Lord I went I was faithful remember when I gave all I had to the poor to the sick remember when I took that person in my home you'd be trying to tell God to remember all that you had done remember I helped them people remember I gave my shirt off my back Remember I opened the gate at the bull riding? Hezekiah's doing that right now. When Hezekiah heard this, 
His, he turned his face to the, to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always tried to be faithful to you and did what was pleasing in your sight. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But, but before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestors, David, says. I have heard your prayers, and I have seen your tears. I will heal you. And three days from now, you will get out of bed and go into the temple of the Lord. I will add, watch this, I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you in the city from the king of Asia. I will do this to defend my honor for the sake of my servant David. Well, God is faithful, ain't he? So this is a story of importance. He was told to set his house in order that he was going to die. If you go to James 4, we don't have to go there tonight, but James is my favorite book, so I know it pretty good. If you go to James 4, New Testament preaching, God tells you and I to set our house in order. You and I to get right with God. James 4, 13 through 16, we're told to do the same thing. Get our affairs in order. Make sure that we know where we're going to go. So I told you a while ago, many of us would think that this is a bad situation about this story. That, that you would die shortly. You would think that if God come and told you you had 24 hours of this, you would think that this is a bad thing. But I would think right now it's a good thing. Because he had a chance to say, God, remember me. He had a chance to ask God to, to, to receive him. He had a chance to get right with God. It was a good thing. You and I don't know. That's a good thing. Many of us would think that this is a bad situation, being told that you would die shortly, yet we need to see the blessing of this knowledge. The knowledge of death provoked a change in the attitude. Can I say this to you tonight? If all of a sudden you had a heart attack, if all of a sudden you had a brain aneurysm, if all of a sudden you went down with a stroke, Harry, how many strokes have you had? Stand up and tell them they didn't hear you. Did they come upon you all of a sudden? Did you know they were coming? Was there any warning? If all of a sudden you had a heart attack, if all of a sudden you had a stroke, all of a sudden you had an aneurysm, The knowledge of death provokes change in a person. The knowledge of death leads him closer to God. This is a good thing. The knowledge of death tonight is a good thing. Tonight is a good thing because God says to put your affairs in order, woman. Put your affairs in order, man. Put your affairs in order. Put your affairs in order. Get right with God. Tonight is a good thing. Maybe you were a liar. Maybe you were a thief. Maybe you were a drunkard. Maybe you were a homosexual. But God says tonight is a good thing. You get to put your affairs in order. You get to make peace with your maker. I guess I should have saved this for Sunday because y'all sure look asleep. But you ought to be celebrating. You ought to be praising God that you're up in this place tonight. You ought to praise God that he's given you another minute, another day, another hour. The knowledge of death provokes a change in the attitude. 
The knowledge of death leads us closer to God. The knowledge of death turns his face to the wall, and he wept bitterly to the Lord, displaying his dependency upon the Lord. When I turn to this cross right here, this is my favorite cross. People say all the time, Pastor, you always preach to the wall. This cross usually hangs on this side over here. It's been hanging here all since I've been here. And, and, and this one is kind of represents me. My life is entangled in Christ. That's just the way I see it. And a lot of times I look over there and God will just be pouring into me. Man, y'all may, may, may think I'm crazy. Maybe I'm a little crazy. But his representation was, his plea was, God, rescue me. God, save my soul from hell. When was the last time you said, God, forgive me of my sins? When was the last time you got on your knees and you said, God, you know what? I hadn't been living right, and I need a change. When was the last time you knelt down? When was the last time you entangled yourself in his will and not your own? The knowledge of death provokes change. The knowledge of death led him closer to God. The knowledge of death turned his face to the wall, and he wept bitterly to the Lord, displaying his dependency upon the Lord for forgiveness. This should be the same true for all Christians in this house today. We should have the knowledge of that death is pending for each and every one of us. You and I ought to wake up, not be... I can't say that. Not be, yes, I can't. Well, I don't know. I'm checking. You and I ought to wake up tonight and not be ignorant, not be stupid, not think that we got another minute, that we got another hour, that we got another 23 hours left. You and I ought to stop being ignorant. Stop pretending like we're going to rock on the porch. And have another 18 years. I hope to God we do, but we can't pretend like we do. That's why the problem with sin, people think they got all this time to keep on sinning. Keep on cussing your kids out. I was at the store earlier buying a part for my son's truck, and this mama was cussing her kids as she was getting in the car. I want to say, trash mouth, shut your mouth. That child is a gift from God, you trashy mouth. I wanted to, but I didn't have the guts. She was two times my size. I thought she might could take me or something. I was like, well, just sizing her up and stuff. But if she known, if she would have known that she only had a few hours to live, would she cuss her kid out while she's putting him in the car? Or would she hold that baby and say, Mama loved you? What's the last memory your kid ever has of you is you cussing them out, calling them stupid, calling them retarded? What's the last memory of you is, 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 that your husband has of you or you have your husband was a fight you got in and you didn't make up because you were too much pride? We have the knowledge that death is pending. Billy has an appointed date. He has an appointed date. She, Miss Glenda, she had a stroke just a little while ago. She has an appointed date. Death has no sting for those who believe the Bible says. If you've ever been to a funeral that I preach, I preach that. Death has no sting. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou, God, art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
I remember when my granddaddy was dying. He was laying there. I was 14 years old. I was in there with him, loved him with all my heart, mind, body, and soul. John reminds me of my grandpa every time he comes over here with them overalls. My granddaddy said, I see the angels. I see the angels. My granddaddy never told a lie a day in his life. He told you he saw the angels. He saw the angels, brothers and sisters. We have the knowledge of pending death. We have the knowledge of the time when this occurs. It could be any time. Say any time. Touch somebody say any time. With this knowledge, we should have the same attitude that, that, that he had when he displayed it and he began to pray. Our house should be set in order all the time, 24 hours a day, 52 weeks in a year. We should have that mindset that we need to be right with God. Yet the sad truth of the matter is that many of us think that we have much time to spare. It's a lie, folks. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. We think we got so much time to spare. We can do whatever we want, whenever we want, and we get our lives straight a year from now. Let me tell you what I came up with. I asked a few people in the last three days. They didn't even know where it was coming from. They thought I was the craziest guy on the face of the planet. I said, hey, man, what would you do if you had 24 hours to live? These are, these are random people, a couple of church people, but mostly random strangers on the street. Here's the true answers I got. Listen to me. I asked a few people what they would do. One of them said, I would party it up, baby. I'd party it up. So if you had 24 hours to live, would you party it up? My old nature would have. My old man would have. But I'm not the old man anymore. You know what I did when he told me that? I handed him a business card. Come see me. Party's almost over. That's exactly what I told him. That's exactly what I told him. Come see me. Party's almost over. Some of y'all are planning what y'all going to do on Friday night. You're retarded. If it ain't doing something for God, coming out supporting your church, you ought to just think about that. Younger people, listen to me. Some of you that ain't got everything in order, get it in order tonight. I preached a message about a year ago. guy came and went home after church. He got all the liquor out of his house. He came and he brought it to the altar. He said, me and my house will serve the Lord. Maybe there's something in your house that you need to get out. Y'all think I'm kidding. I never have business cards, but I took everyone off my desk so that I could go around and ask people what they say. So when they tell me something, I'd hand them a business card. Okay, come see me. Come see me. That dude's jaw dropped. I'd party it up, man. I'd party it up. If I had 24 hours to live, that would be the last thing I'd be doing. Can I say this to you? Entertainment wouldn't be a factor. Another person said, I go skydiving. I asked him without a shoot. I did. So if you had 24 hours to live, Scott, would you just jump without a shoot? Do you trust God that much? Well, what if he changes his mind? My God don't change his mind. He don't change his mind. Well, I guess we read a while ago. He said he'd give him 15 more years. But I'd use that analogy. i use that analogy. Would you go without a parachute? Do you trust God that much that you'd go without a parachute? A lot of people are jumping right now. And they're living any way they want to. And they ain't got no parachute to hold them. They're jumping off the, into the lake of fires where they're going, Holly. 
That's where they're going. They're just this. He said, "I I, I go skydiving. If I had 24 hours to live, I'd go skydiving." I said, "Without a parachute?" She said, "No." What if God changes His mind? I said, "God don't change His mind." I was trying to scare her to church. Handed her one of my cards. Now this just happens to be a. I'm not gonna say who. <laughs> She's lucky. I asked another person, I said, uh, if you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? And I'm just going to quote, if you got kids, hold your ears, said, oh, I'm not even going to say what they said. But they said that they would be there till the sun come up. They said that they would have a good time till the sun come up. And I was thinking, man, if I had 24 hours to live, wow. Another person said, I'd pray. The fourth person said, I'd pray. This was at the inspection place. What would you do if you had 24 hours to live? said, I'd pray. I think people need to be praying right now. I think people need to be talking to God right now. Next person I asked just happened to be someone I know in the church. that said, what would you do if you had 24 hours to live? They said, I'd make things right with God. I said, what are you waiting for? You serve him, don't you? You love him. You why, why, why are you waiting for 24 hours to be up? I want to play that clock one more time behind me because some of y'all ain't even paying attention anymore. Like this is some joke. We're about 23 and a half hours left of our life. I'd make things right with God. You bet I'd make things right with God. Every night, every night I ask God to forgive me of my sin. Every night I ask God to help me be a better person. Every night I ask God to bless my family. Every day when I wake up, I say, God, you know I'm going to make some more mistakes. But I'm going to try to serve you, do whatever you want me to do. Then I go to sleep that night, kiss my wife, fight her for the covers. And I usually win. I pray and I ask God to forgive me of my sin. Number six, this was at the restaurant. I asked a young kid, he's about 22 years old. Anybody 22 here? Anybody in their 20s? Raise your hand. I asked a 22 year old kid, I said, How old are you, boy? He said, I'm 22. I said, what would you do if this was your last day on earth? If you had 24 hours to live, this is exactly what he told me. I won't sugarcoat it. He says, nothing, not a dang thing. He didn't say dang. He said the other word. He said, I wouldn't do nothing. Life stinks anyway. I handed him a card and said, brother, come see me. Life don't always have to stink. I said, I've had more fun serving God than I ever had serving this world. You know what he did? He rolled his eyes at me like some chick. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Can I give me a hint tonight? Don't roll your eyes, man. That's just girlish. I'm just telling you. I was like, why are you roll? <laughs> That's where it comes from. I don't know where it comes from. It just comes in here. He rolled his eyes at me, Cooper. I was like, oh, you rolled my eyes at me, boy. Somebody put a blank paper in here. Don't look like they do nothing either. People right now 
Miss Connie are not doing nothing because they don't care. They believe that they came from tadpoles, and they believe in reincarnation, and they believe that there's no God, no existing. They're just here. Brother, we were here because God put us here. He made our eyelids. He made our eyelashes. He made our fingernails and our toenails. It says, when you're in your mother's womb, I knew you. Another person said, <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to give them a card or not, but I did. They said, I'd go and I'd tell everybody off, and I'd whoop everybody I didn't like. I'd take them all out, he said. I was like, Lord, do I have to give this cat a card? Because probably after he knows me about four months, he ain't going to like me sometime along this way, and he might want to take me out. You know what I said? I said, y'all, let it go. Life's too short to be holding on to grudges. Life's too short to be holding on to grudges. Hey, hear me tonight. If you're holding some grudges tonight, you need to let them go. If you're holding bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, if you're always trying to, 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 to be right and try to, try to hurt people, man, you need to change. You need to change. God is the judge. We are not the judge. I'd tell a few people off. I'd let them know I'd give them a what for, he said. But not so many nights. It's funny, I don't look like a preacher. I think I need to give me some suits. I asked a senior citizen at the Valero, and she made my eyes water. I said, what would you do if you had 24 hours to live? She said, I'd be right there with my family, and I'd ask them to hold me till God was holding me. I said, you don't need one of my cards. I think you already go to church. <laughs> I said, where do you go to church? She said, I go to church right over there at First Baptist of Grangerland. I said, how long have you been there? She said, 36 years. I said, boy, you're faithful. She said, he's faithful. Man, what a great, great, great. I said, if you're church shopping, Cowboy Church around the corner, that's me, you know, if you want to. Next person said, I'd give all my stuff to charity. Can't take it with me anyway. And the last one bothered me. The most. The last one said, I just don't know. Just don't know what I would do. That bothered me more than all the rest of them. Because that teenager, his mom and dad is not teaching them about Jesus. His grandma and grandpa, they're not teaching them about Jesus. That was a youth in our program. That was one of our kids. What if you had 24 hours to live? I don't know, Pastor Mark. That bothered me. Our kids should know Jesus. Our kids should know Jesus. Your kids should know Jesus. The last one was, man, it was heartbreaking. It was sad to think that they didn't have an answer. But there's a lot of people out there today that don't have an answer. So I ask you, do you have an answer? Are you ready to meet God? 
when your 24 hours arrived. Only you know if you're ready. Only you and God know if you're ready. Only you and God know if you're ready. James 4.14 says this, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what your life is like, it is but a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of our souls and our spirits and our joints and our morrow and the discerns and our thoughts and our intent. God's word pierces our heart and our intent. He knows if you're saved or not. He knows if you love him and if you're serving him or not. The fact is that God is very much alive. Guys, you guys, God is very much alive tonight. God is very much alive. He is, he is so real. But the problem with the church today is, just like the church I was visiting yesterday, they forgot the beauty of his aliveness, his realness. One of the guys, after about an hour being there, he said, thanks for reminding me how good we got it. Let me remind you tonight how good you got it. Those five in that car, they didn't have a chance to be reminded. That father who did that sermon illustration video, he didn't have a chance to remember how good he got. You get the opportunity because God loves you. And you still got enough time to make peace with him tonight. Here's the verse I want to leave you with. It's another one I preach in funerals. It's John 14. Go there with me. John 14. Verse 1. Got my Bible? John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Say again. I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. If we can just if we can just grasp a small part of what God has done and what he continues to do there's no doubt if this is our last 24 hours what we need to be making a decision to do and that's to serve him with our everything with our everything But imagine the peace. Imagine the peace that you're going to feel. Watch this. Listen. Imagine the peace that you're going to feel when you take your last breath here and your first breath there. Imagine somebody smiling now. Imagine the peace that you're going to feel when you take your last breath here and your first breath there. 
I've gone to prepare a place for you, and if I've gone to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and I'm going to receive you where I will be, you will be also. That's who we're going to see when we die. Can I let you in on another secret? Even those who don't believe will stand in judgment. And they will see what you and I see also. That seated on the right hand of God is his son Jesus. And for whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you believe tonight? Do you live like it? Let's not wait. I love you. 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 You going to say it out loud? No, I'm talking to you. Oh, I was just wondering. Uh, I love you. Let's not wait. Let's be the church of the living Jesus Christ. Let's love these people. Let's love each other. Remember, guys, and I'm done. Listen to me. We serve a God of second chances. So to get it, we've got to work on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And remember what he said, that you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So I started these questions, and they flipped on me. Someone asked me, what would you do, Pastor Mark, if you had 24 hours to live? First thing I said was, I go saddle up Gus, and I go for one more ride. Second thing I'd do, I'd call an amazing church service, and I'd preach one more service. And I would beg people to get right with God. And the last thing I'd do, I'd be with Mary and the boys, my family. Some ain't even blood, but they family. I'd have those that I loved around me. I'd have them singing songs like I can only imagine. I'd have them telling stories and laughing. I'd say, remember when that bull like got me? <laughs> remember that time, Pastor Mark? Get on old Gus. Preach one more service. Tell people to give their life to the Lord. So that's what I'm doing now is asking you to get right with God. Because I may not be here Sunday. Or you may not be here Sunday. Time is a lie. None of us are promised. Get your life right. Wyatt knew the importance of getting his life right. That's why he said, Brother Mark, I want to get baptized tonight. I'm going into the Marines. I'm going to go over here. and I, They might send me somewhere. I need to be right. time for you to get right every one of you let's pray together father in heaven we come before you tonight lord we thank you for your presence for your divine presence that was in this place tonight lord we love you and we honor you we thank you father for all that you do and all that you're going to do lord lord when i say i love these people 
I really mean it. I hope they know it, Lord. I hope they know it. Maybe I don't always show it, but I want you to know it. I love you. If I've let you down anywhere, I'm sorry. I never intended to. I'm only human. But I love you. Love my family. Want them to know it. I want you to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I want you to invite Jesus into your heart right now. I want you to know that's the only way you're going to make it to eternity and have everlasting life. The only way you're going to make it and go to heaven is by inviting Jesus into your hearts. Pray with me right now. Just say, Dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for you from this day forward. Lord, I'm going to be sold out to you. I'm going to stop cussing, lying, cheating, drinking, being lazy. I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm going to serve you in these next 23 hours like I never had before. And if you give me 15 more years, I'm going to take them, Lord. And I'm going to continue to serve you. Lord, thank you for what you've done here tonight. Thank you for this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise tonight.